afternoon, Raleigh, North Carolina. This is Packers Live Sports Show with Benjamin Denton and John Hinton. And we're coming at you live from the WKNC studios on the beautiful, awesome, amazing, fantastic campus of North Carolina State University on 88.1 WKNC HD1 FM, Raleigh. I'm Benjamin Denton. And I'm John Hinton. And we are absolutely stoked, thrilled, ecstatic to be coming at you live. One of the premier college radio stations in the nation. Keeping you up to date with the latest and the greatest with all the NC State sports. John, how are you doing on this Thursday afternoon? Doing pretty good, Benjamin. How about yourself? I am doing uh, very, very well. A couple birthdays with my friends this week. Got some fun plans. So it's it's uh, looking, it's shaping up to be a really good week. And the weather's finally cooling off, which I have mixed feelings towards. Mm-hmm. Because I like not sweating, walking to class. Yeah. But then I also don't like wearing pants, like jeans. I like, see, I love the, the 50s and 60s weather because I can wear shorts and a long sleeve shirt or a hoodie, something of that nature. Oh, really like underrated combo. Weather. Shorts it's, and long sleeve. It is. It's not talked about, but it's a it's a great look. It really is. Especially when you throw in crocs. And even if it's not <laughs> and even if it's not a great look, I don't care. It's comfortable. It is really comfortable. It's the best. N- n- not a lot of people talk about how good long sleeves are. If you yeah. get like a good fitting long sleeve mm-hmm. shirt, it's just I think I have two. Shorts and a hoodie's a better combo than short sleeve and pants. As I'm sitting looking across at Ben, who's in jeans and a t shirt. But jeans and a t-shirt's not a bad look. But no, I didn't say it was bad. Oh, that is a, that's actually that's actually a good take. Yes. I like that. Especially, it depends. Now, if you're wearing ball and shoes, that actually could be really good. Like a nice pair of Jordans or something like that. The With, long sleeve and the yes. shorts. Oh, yeah. Which I am right now. Okay. You can't see it, but I got some nice Jordan 11s on right now. I'm pretty proud of them. <laughs> that's bad radio they can't see the shoes oh yeah it is bad radio what speaking of we good are radio, bad radio ben. speaking of good radio which we are what is uh what's on the docket for today's show we're gonna do um a whole lot of basketball preview uh like we said it's getting cold which means basketball is happening so nba nc state men's and women's we're gonna do nfl overreactions of course we know that's why you tune into the show we're gonna do um swimming and diving um, soccer and softball and cross country. We're going to kick that off with the cross country. We had the Notre Dame Invitational in the two weeks that we were gone. By the way, we weren't here last week because of fall break. So we didn't end up being in town. So that's why there wasn't a show if you tuned in. So mm-hmm. apologies there. Yeah. But we had the Notre Dame Invitational where both the men's and women's team got top four finishes at a, a very, very competitive tournament. Yeah, the men's team finished third with 177 points, and the women finished fourth with 139 points. Yeah, and both teams had a couple of upsets, if you will, as in finishing higher than a higher-ranked team. Uh, the men finished uh, higher than both ranked Notre Dame and for Wisconsin, who were ranked both 9 and 10 at the time. And the women actually finished ahead of number 2 New Mexico and number 6 Washington, so really good showings. From both squads. Uh, the men had a great uh, five-mile um, showing with Ian Shanklin as the top finisher for the men. He finished seventh individually with a time of 23 minutes, 29 seconds. J.P. Flavin also made his first start for NC State and finished 27th. Joe Bistrich, Hans Berger, and Gavin Gaynor rounded out the top five for the men. We talk about names, but J.P. Flavin 
That's a great name. It's a fantastic name. And Hansberger, JP. <laughs> Hansberger. All right. For the women's um, women's 5K, Ellie Hennis, of course, was our top finisher. She had a personal best time of 1629.27, which was good enough for ninth place to lead the women. True freshman, uh, Kel- uh, Kelsey Chimel, she had a personal best of 1636.91 and finished 15th. And rounding out the top five for the ladies, Dominique Clermontia, Julia Zacco, and Sam Bush um, were the other top five finishers for the women's in the 5K. Both teams are now ranked in the top 10 nationally. Uh, the women are ninth and the men are 10th, which is both uh, tops in the ACC. First time that that's happened in four years since 2015. Um, they wrap up the regular season in the fall this Friday, sending athletes to the Nuttycomb Invitational, and the ECU Pirate Invitational. So that's all we have for cross-country. Really excited to see that they're off to a great start to their season, and they're really good. You know, since we've been doing this show, this is the third year, softball has been kind of middling. Not bad, but not particularly good. They've been um, had some, some potential, but this year, softball might be really good. We had two dominating wins in exhibitions, and um, yeah, so... We had on the road against Elon. Again, these are these are teams we're supposed to beat, but we're we're beating them badly. We had the like seventeen nothing win over Lewisburg. Mm-hmm. But that's how we should beat Lewisburg. And we went to Elon, had a nine to two win on the road, and allowing just two hits for the Phoenix. Yeah, Devin Wallace, Sidney Nestor, and Sam Gress all combined for fifteen strikeouts against Elon. So a great showing um, in the pitching. At UNC, we also had a 5-4 win over the Tar Holes. We had a two-run homer um, from Angie Rizzi. She was one of five different players to record a hit during the game. We scored all five runs in the third inning after uh, Carson Shaner led off the frame with a hit by pitch. Got back-to-back singles from Sam Russ and Tatiana Forbes. And then Bridget Norberg put the first three runs on the board with a sack fly and an RBI double. UNC did score three runs in the seventh to make things interesting, but we held on and beat our arch rivals. Yeah, so um, that's all we have for softball. Wait, no. Is that all we have? Wait. I lost my place. Yes, that is all we have for softball. Moving on, we have women's soccer. Just a couple notes about them. They uh, had two games, and they were both draw 0-0 and 1-1, and one of them was against a ranked Virginia Tech squad as well. Yes. uh, I think we didn't cover um, the, since we didn't have a show last week, they tied with number one Virginia um, at home, mm -hmm. 0-0, which is obviously a great great positive result because they're the number one team in the country, and then tied with Virginia Tech. So um, up next, we have Pittsburgh. That's on Saturday at 7 p.m. in Pittsburgh. And then our next home game is a week from today against Syracuse, and that's on, yeah, like I said, a week from today at 7 at Dale Soccer Field. Yeah, so make sure to show out for the ladies because they're having a... They were struggling a little bit earlier, but they're getting Mm -hmm. back on track. Oh, yeah. With um, playing up to their competition, which they always have to do in the ACC. So moving on to the men's soccer, actually having a very good season, uh, ranked in the top 25. We uh, hosted Notre Dame in the game we're going to talk about next, so we're going in chronological order, so this mm-hmm. happened less than two weeks ago. Uh, Kuda Musque opened the scoring for us in the 35th minute, and Pepe Garcia had the other goal in the 54th minute to give us that final score of a 2-0 win, and an 
in-conference win over Notre Dame. Yeah, Tyler Guevara, he assisted both of those goals for NC State. We hosted East Tennessee State next, and we were ranked number 20 in the country when we won. That was a one nothing win over East Tennessee State for our third straight win. Uh, 32 combined fouls in the match and uh, seven cautions, which are like warnings for yellow and red card. Um, Vinny Duran, he's having a great senior season. He had a uh, his fourth shutout of the year, and they didn't even allow a shot on goal. David Loera um, scored his third goal of the season. That was the game winner in the 26th minute. I think all but like two of his goals in his career at State are game winners. Yeah. He's just a, a guy that's just getting... He knows when to... He, he takes his shots. He knows when to... Knows when to hit him. Yeah, he's clutch. He's mm-hmm. the best player on the team. So that after that was like almost three whole games that we didn't allow a goal. Then we played uh, number six Wake Forest, and even though last year we got a win over number one UNC, Wake Forest has had our number the last two years, mm-hmm. at least since we've been doing this show, and they have beaten us every single time, including a three-one win at Dale Soccer Stadium. But that score would have you say that Wake Forest really beat us, but it was a actually very, very closely contested game, a game that we actually dominated possession for in the first half. And it looked like we had a one nothing lead in the 39th minute, but the goal mm-hmm. was called off. Yes, yeah, so um, that goal was called off, but we did uh, go down one to nothing in the second half. But Ivy Brisma, he put the ball in the box, and there was a handball And then Gabriel Machado put the PK away to tie the game at one. So this is in the 76th minute. We just tied the game. Wake scored Mm -hmm. in the 73rd. We tied it in the 76th. A very closely contested game. Mm -hmm. And then Wake Forest's best player, Bruno Lapa, has a couple of goals in the 85th and then the 90th minute again. So this is a game that we were in the entire time. A very closely fought game. Uh, The last goal in the 90th minute was two deflections. Like um, Vinny Durant had two saves before uh, Lapa put in the rebound to really oh, put the game away in the 90th minute. Yeah, but still, um, you know, obviously a loss, But uh, and they say no moral victories, but I think you can take a moral victory considering how good NC State has been, you know, how they've always, like you said, had our number in the past. We did outshoot them 10-9. to uh, Vinny Durant had four saves. Um, not a terrible show to, showing um, for State, but something to improve on in the future. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just... Slight missed opportunities. Like in in uh, games past, last year, I think we were undefeated two years ago mm-hmm. going into the game at Wake Forest, and they just clobbered us. Yes. Like 3 nothing or 4 nothing or something like that. And it really kind of made our season from what looked to be a really great one, and then it ended up being pretty good. Mm-hmm. But like we, it looked like we might have a really good team. And so it's, it is nice to compete against a just a premier program like yes. them and to know that we were in that game the entire time. We weren't shell-shocked from the beginning. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's a big team, too. I watched them last year. Like I don't know if they have more than two players under six feet tall. Really? Like They were just substantially larger than us, as was UNC at the time. We're not mm-hmm. a very big team. We're very fast. But anyway, uh, that was our first regular season loss at home since mm-hmm. September 2017. Wow. And when Wake scored in the 73rd minute, that ended a 258-minute streak of not conceding a goal. It's not bad. It's yeah, I'll re- say it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I think that's I think it's good. Go <laughs> I think go it's off, good. King. <laughs> go off. Anyway, next game against South Carolina on the road, we totally dominated in everything except for the final score. We outshot them 15 to 5 and we ended with a double overtime 0-0 draw against mm. the Gamecocks. Yeah, that was our third double overtime game of the season. Happy Garcia, he almost won it in the 101st minute, but his shot was saved, and it almost crossed the goal line. But 
a defender came to the rescue to preserve the draw for the Gamecocks. Yeah, and it was actually really close to actually crossing the line, but in college soccer, you're not going to really have the angles to like review that mm-hmm. like you would in pro soccer. But exactly. the goalie stopped it, and then it kind of Drifted. paramed near the line, and yeah. the defender came in and just cleared it. But as a whole, for notes for the team, they're having a really good season so far. They're ranked 17th in the top drawer soccer poll, 18th in the NCAA RPI, and 23rd in the NCAA rankings. We're out shooting opponents 134 to 87 with wow. almost doubling shots on goal, 58 to 30. We're also out shooting opponents uh, by more than double in the first half this season, outscoring opponents 9 to 1 in the first half this season. So we're seeing a lot of, you know, getting out early and then packing it in on defense, pun intended. Um, we've had nine players score the team's uh, 15 goals this year, like, you know, a wide distribution. It's not just a one man team. Um, yeah. Seven three and two on the season. We're yeah. ranked number twenty three. Our goals against average is we're allowing point eight goals a game. That is twenty sixth in the NCAA. So, a lot getting us out to those leads has allowed us to really play more on the defensive and not have to play from behind. Mm-hmm. So we don't we have a really good defense, and that's without um, Leon Crop, our goalie, being yes. out for the whole year. And mm-hmm. again, Vinny Durand has been ph- phenomenal Absolutely. filling in for him. But yeah. I mean, he was Crop was still really really good as oh, himself. Yeah. But mm-hmm. we're ranked number 23, and we're going to Duke tomorrow night All right. at 7. And that's the same night that uh, Duke is having their uh, their like basketball thing. Same night that we're having our basketball night, too. Yeah, but we're not hosting a game. So there's going to be no Duke students at their at their soccer game because everyone's going to the, I think it's Cameron Crazy's like prep or something or other. Yeah, they do the big thing. Yeah, Duke yeah, basketball big is thing. big. I'll say it. It is. Yeah, I think they're good. <laughs> I think they're pretty good. <laughs> All right. Um, up next, we're going right over into John's wheelhouse, yes. swimming and diving for NC State. Yeah, we've done a little bit of preview already. Um, NC State had the Wolfpack games a couple weeks ago. Um, first dual meets coming up very soon. It's a week from tomorrow, October 25th at Casey Natatorium. That's uh, first dual meet of the year against South Carolina. Um, the preseason rankings came out for college swimming. NC State men are at number three in the country, and women are ranked number four, which is huge for the women because last year they finished seventh in NCAAs, which was tied for their highest finish ever. Um, the women are on the way up. The men are staying where, are staying where they are, which is at the top. Um, coming off great ACC and NCAA performances last year. We're looking to win ACCs with both teams. Again. looking Again, yes. Looking to compete for national championships. Um, Virginia is really, really good this year mm-hmm. in swimming. Um, their um, men are ranked number two. Women are ranked number four. We have a dual meet with them this year. Obviously, we'll be competing with them in ACC championships, but it should be a really exciting season. Um, if you aren't big on swimming, I'd encourage you to go to a meet. It's free, especially the one against Virginia. It's It'll be really entertaining. So you talked about the women going up. Like I think they were 17th two years ago yes. when the men were fourth, and then now they were seventh last year, and the men mm-hmm. were fourth again, and now they're a top four team. So what does that look like in the future? Like recruiting, is that helping at all? Yes, uh, recruiting is bigger in swimming than most people think because um, there's a very um, objective uh, path that swimmers can take. Like you can kind of look at how good swimmers are in. Um, high school and you can kind of see you know their potential in the pool so um, getting these big recruits is huge because state gets these fast swimmers from high school and then they put them in their practices their uh, training system 
get them even faster. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing um, like the more the better recruits come to state, the better the finished product is going to be, and that's just like that's pretty much a given in swimming. So. If you're looking at the, the times, is that always the thing you're looking for most? Like, who is the fastest, or is it more important to see who's dropped the most time over the last three or four years of high school? Um, that's, a, that's actually a really good question, um, because a lot of times you'll see um, swimmers in, like, um, up to age 18, they have a lot of different, like, paths. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll see the... Um, You'll see the girls who get fast when they're 11, 12 because they grow and become like get like five, six mm-hmm. when they're like 12 years old and they'll like set state records and stuff. And then they'll kind of their um, curve of progression will taper off, but they'll still be getting better as they go. And then you'll you'll get the boys that don't hit puberty until they turn 15. And then, you know, they've learned hard work. They've learned technique. And all of a sudden, you know, they're five foot eight. They're gaining muscle, things like that. So when you're looking for sprinters, usually you want um more physical talent. Mm-hmm. So you're looking for those fast times kind of consistently. If you're looking for all around swimmers, you're kind of looking for um, like improvement over time. Yeah. Say. Because like my sister now swims at Barton mm-hmm. on the swim team and she didn't even start swimming competitively at all until she was 14. Yeah. And most college swimmers are swimming from the age of three and four. Yes. And like part of the reason that at least that's what my mom said that coaches were really interested in her is how much time she was able to drop like through hard work and exactly. talent in such a short time in only four years mm-hmm. to be on par to like now swim at Barton and she's I'm based on what she told me she's not the one of the faster people on the team but she's not one of the slower people either right yeah so it's yeah it's interesting to see because um like a lot of times sprinters um in swimming like it's just because they're physically gifted mm-hmm. and it's not really because of the the system that they've been put in and if state can find those swimmers that's that are um you know, they can swim a twenty two fifty freestyle and they've been training with a, a really small team and, and that'd not be really, long course, right? Uh no, that would be short course. Oh, they, high schoolers yeah, at the time. Yeah, yeah, high schoolers at the time. Um and then state could, you know, put them in their training program and they will get faster. Yeah. Because they've been relying on physical talent and not training so much. Yeah, because we're gonna have um double digit Olympians pretty sure. So like mm-hmm. we're taking the best swimmers counting our alumni, but yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. For it's gonna swimming. be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. 2020 is gonna be a good year for swimming and for people graduating college as well. Definitely. Oh, that's us. <laughs> <laughs> that is us. All right. That's all we have for swimming. Uh, up next, we have volleyball, and we've struggled this season, but you know we're still gonna support the pack. Um, we did get a win, our first conference win over Virginia Tech. We beat the Hokies three to two, winning the first, third, and fifth sets. Of course, you got to win the fifth one to get the win. There. Very true. <laughs> whoever went I'll you know what, I'll go ahead and say it. whoever I think the key to winning in volleyball is winning that fifth set yes. if you can win that fifth set I think you're gonna win yeah I yeah. mean I'll say it Jessica Kemp had a great match against Virginia Tech with 22 kills and a 395 hitting percentage she also had five blocks on the defensive end yeah Melissa Evans also contributed 20 kills making it that her fourth match with 20 more of the season best in the ACC I think it's Easy to go ahead and say. I think Melissa Evans is the best player in the ACC in Honestly, volleyball. Yeah, I can see that. Every single game, she's just performing very, very well. And uh, hopefully the team will get it together uh, more closer. As, as ACC conference play has started, we're not doing that bad. Mm-hmm. Now, Jada Parchment uh, had her second consecutive double-double, uh, 15 kills and 15 digs. And as I say, we're not doing that bad. The next game against FSU, yeah. 
we got swept three to nothing. Um, but we once again were led by Jessica Kemp, who had eight kills and three blocks. Jade Parchment and Lauren Terry, they had six kills each. Grace Irving was libero for the first two sets and had 12 digs. And then Kaylee Frazier took over in the third set. She had seven digs in her first ACC match of the season. Up next, we were not done in the state of Florida. Unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, we were able to turn the sweep around as we mm-hmm. swept the Miami Hurricanes and got our second win in conference play. Man, imagine how bad FSU would beat Miami. Six to nothing. Is that possible? No, it's not. <laughs> I think if as long as they won the fifth <laughs> if set. if you win the fifth. If, yeah, yeah, then oh, you, that's true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, dominated, of course, <laughs> winning three sets to, to nothing. We won every statistical category, including a season best mm-hmm. 31-12 or .312 yes. hitting percentage as a team. Yeah. Jade, Jade Parchment, she had a career best 500 hitting percentage, which would put you in the Hall of Fame after one season in baseball, totaling 12 kills with just two errors. She was joined in double digits by Melissa Evans and Jessica Kemp. They each had 13 uh, Kemp also had six blocks. Melissa Evans had five, and Lauren Terry had nine kills. Yeah, Nina Sharpen had 35 assists, averaging 11.67 assists per set, which wow. you usually score in 25 in a set to win it. Mm-hmm. So, oh wait, there was only three sets. Yes. So each one we won with 25. So she's assisting on 40% of all of our points. Mm. Kaylee Frazier led all defensive efforts with 12 digs. So up next, we are 7-11, and 11, actually. That's a nice gas station. Is it? Well, would you say nice or just good? Good. Okay. So when uh, my family was in China, uh, adopting uh, China's hot top hot topic right now, uh, adopting my brother, Seven um, Eleven were they were everywhere, mm-hmm. and we would always go to Seven Elevens, and we would get like really cool sodas and slushies like that, and it's it kind of kept us alive in China. So I have a special place in my heart for Seven Eleven. I mean, everywhere. I think is Seven Eleven the Waffle House of gas stations. Because mm. to me, like you said, you can't be the only one. Seven Eleven is all just there. They're but always in there. in a foreign country, it kept me alive. I would never go to Seven Eleven in America. Really? Really? What about the special place in your heart? Uh, yeah, those are in China. Seven <laughs> Elevens in China have a special place in my heart. Wow. Okay. Well, we learned a little something about Seven Eleven today. Yeah, it's pretty cool in China. Alrighty, that's all we have for the non-revenue sports. We're going to take a song break, and you know what? Neither me or John is going to take credit for picking out this song, because actually last night when we were uh, sitting in my room working on the content for the show, Mm -hmm. we were listening to music for what we were going to play today, and uh, this song, Silver Lining. We both liked it. Yes, we both liked it. So we both picked it, so if you like the song, it means you like both of us. (laughs) This is called uh, Silver Lining by Mount Joy. When we come back, we're going to talk about both men's and women's basketball as well as talk a little bit about the football team's win over Syracuse, our quarterback situation, Mm -hmm. and then what's coming up against Boston College. But once again, this is Silver Lining by Mount Joy. Brotherly daughter, be 
Life Sports Show, Benjamin Denton, John Hinton. That was Silver Lining by Mount Joy. Hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I did too. <laughs> we have uh women's basketball preview for NC State. We're gonna be good. I'll say it. I think I think we're gonna be good. Um quick shout out to Kiara Leslie, who was our best player last year. She won a WNBA championship with the Washington Mystics. Is she the first pack? A uh, basketball player to get a ring? I think so. Wait. Because David Thompson, I don't think, ever got one. But that's actually a good question. We probably should have thought of that more than earlier than just now. Yes. J.J. Hickson definitely didn't get one. Um, <laughs> what other uh, pack players? Are, Dennis Smith doesn't have one yet. I mean, he's on the Knicks, so he's not going to get one. No, he's not going to. I'm trying to think. There's probably someone from the 80s or somewhere. Probably. Cindy Lowe, did he get a ring ever? I mean, other than no, the 1983 ring. I don't ring. think so. Might be the first uh, NC State basketball player to get a ring. That's pretty cool. But anyway, the women's team, the team now is picked to finish second in the ACC this year. So yeah. expecting a really good showing from them as we're adding five new freshmen to the roster mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, we are returning core players. Alyssa Kinane, <sighs> Kai Crutchfield, Kayla Ely, Aislinn Koenig, Erica Cassell, and... Redshirt senior Grace Hunter, who had an injury last year. Um, Hunter was our leading scorer yes. when she went out. And mm-hmm. that was a, by only a narrow margin because we had a very balanced team. Alisa Cunane, 
This girl is just a monster on the inside. She yeah. absolutely dominates the paint. She was a true freshman last year. Watched her a few games. She is going to go off this season as a sophomore. Holy mo! Oh my gosh, she is going to be really, really good. And of course, like like every single one of those players is going to be good. But yeah. Alisa Kunain is just going to have a huge year. I'm yeah, sure. and I think like because she's going to be so good um, on the inside is that is like that's what our offense is going to build around, mm-hmm. and we're going to see a lot of um, you know starting the offense with the post players kicking out for three. Um, Kai Crutchfield, Aislinn Koenig, um, they can shoot, they can flat out shoot, but they're not going to be the focal points of the offense, which I think is going to be good mm-hmm. because, um, you know, we're deeper um, at that posi- at the forward position. Yeah, Erica Cassell came in. They usually don't play uh, Cunane and Cassell at the same time. Cassell usually would start, and then Cunane would come in off the bench like five, six minutes into the game. And... Mm-hmm. Cassell is a bigger player as well that is really good at passing. She's not usually looking to score for herself. So that's going to be really good that we'll have a dominating rebounder and score, and then Cassell can come in the game and really facilitate the offense to those shooters. Because Koenig, she can shoot it better than anyone on, I think, any of our teams. Maybe. Yes, I I don't know. Braxton can shoot. That's true. I'd love Between to see her Ace and Koenig. Braxton. Yeah, oh my gosh. Honestly. Koenig is just oh, such a sweet jump shot. Really, we, really good. Oh, yeah. So the women are opening the season with an exhibition against Anderson College on Halloween, October 31st, in Reynolds Coliseum. Now, if you've never been to a women's basketball game, they're better and more fun than the men's games because they're in Reynolds. I know, Reynolds this is, is so not good. a debatable fact. Plus, in first <laughs> long stretches of the season last year, the women were a lot better than the men's team as far as the games that they played mm-hmm. and like how well they were playing. And they're really, really fun to go watch. Like If you like basketball, you will love watching the women play because it's a, it's a really fun really fun sport to watch. And like John said, yes. Reynolds Coliseum. Yes. On Halloween. That's fun. You can't miss that. No. Do you know what you're going for Halloween yet, by the way? I have not decided, but I was thinking about um, Gardner Minshew, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about Mike Gundy, the coach of Oklahoma State, because um, I may have to get a mullet because of a bet I made with some of my swimmers, and um, I'm here the, for the mullet. The mullet would fit right into that costume, so might see me wearing some Oklahoma State gear and saying, "I'm a man. I'm 40 on Halloween." But what about you? Got a Halloween costume? I'm either going as Mega Mind, partly because of your dad. <laughs> yeah, and but your dad, like, I can get you a blue swim cap. Really? To, yeah, probably. Okay, and then I can paint my face blue. Yeah, that I, would that actually works. Yeah. Oh, I could even put stuff under the cap, probably to make my head even bigger. No, Although, you don't need to do that. Man, that was a layup. That I was know. a layup. That was not necessary. You did that to yourself. <laughs> I kind of heard it happening when uh, I was saying it. But yeah, I was no. excited. I still need to watch the movie, but your dad's not the only one that said that, <laughs> which is why I think about I'm thinking about going as Megamind. But the other thing, like that's just gonna be more work than like I have like a vest, like a fur vest I got mm-hmm. at the Goodwill store and like some bell bottom jeans. So I might just go as like a seventies like musician or something. It would work. You yeah. Could, you could pull off the Kelso look. Kelso? Hmm. So, I've heard that name. He's got long hair from that 70s show. He's just real tall oh, and skinny. Yeah, oh, Ashton from Kutcher. that 70. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, just that'd get be a little really wig. good. Yeah. That'd be, I could do that, actually. Yeah. I love that 70s show. Yeah. 
All right, let's talk men's basketball real quick. Um, NC State men are picked to finish sixth in Which the ACC. Pretty high considering what we're normally picked to. Honestly, yeah, we're Which usually makes me picked, feel bad. Yeah, we're usually picked to finish ninth, tenth, or eleventh, something like that. Um, adding three freshmen to the roster this year, returning most of our core players last year. Lose our only senior that really contributed was Torin Doran. Yeah, um, we're returning uh, Jericho Hellams, DJ Funderburg, Braxton Maybe. Beverly. Markel Johnson, C.J. Bryce, Devin Daniels, and Blake Harris. Now, of course, D.J. Funderburg suspended indefinitely for um, violated team ru- violating team rules. Do you have any like insight on that, Ben? I just probably you probably already heard it on other sports shows, but apparently he had so many outstanding parking tickets that NC State transportation, who let's just say they're very vigilant, um, as a student yeah, and a yes. senior here, I very. I can attest to this. Me too. And they booted his car. They found his car in Reynolds. He was like, he's in Reynolds Park, probably fine. But they he had so many tickets. They just booted it in Reynolds, being like, "You haven't paid your tickets. Mm. We just found it. We're gonna boot it." Yes. And then he tried to drive with the boots and destroyed the boots, which is not good. No I bueno. mean, yes, it's not good. But then also at the same time, it's kind of legendary. Yeah, I guess so. Like as a as a student, I also already plays a lot of video games, which the new Fortnite map. Probably doesn't help with. Oh no! Ugh. Yeah, we've talked about Fortnite slightly. Oh, I'm boy. just all I say is I'm I'm actually excited. I don't want to out myself as being basic, but Fortnite saved their game. They really did. They did. But um, let's say all right. Let's imagine uh, Funderburk is playing. Yeah, he's playing this year. That is a solid seven man rotation, um, just from returning players. Are you counting Manny Bates as a returning player? Uh, No, I'm not counting Manny Bates. I was actually about to mention him. He, um, Manny Bates, redshirt freshman. uh, He was a freshman last year, got injured. He is going to play this year. He's going to wear number 15, um, 6'10", big man. Big man, we are going to use him, like, a lot. I think what we're going to see is we're going to see Funderburk play a lot more like we used Wyatt Walker. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, Funderburk is better than Wyatt Walker, but I think we'll see Manny Bates... Come off the bench, substitute in for Funderburg, yes. play a couple, play a few minutes, and then Funderburg's going to come back in. I don't know if we'll see a lot of lineups with them on the floor at the same time because Kevin Keats really likes his small lineups. And again, Funderburg works so well for what Kevin Keats is trying to do because he's a, a big man that plays very well facing the basket, extremely good jump shot, mm-hmm. and a very mobile big man as well. Someone like exact the opposite of BJ Anya, you know, yeah. someone that can run up and down the court. And who wants to do that? Yes. So, Funderburg, when he, if he plays for us, I think we'll have a really big year. And, you know, finishing sixth in the ACC as a Wolfpack fan, I don't like seeing that because we don't do well with expectations. But at the same time, I do fully expect us to be pretty good. And, yeah, and I think, like, last year we saw a lot of times we would get into foul trouble with our big men. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Funderburg would get in foul trouble. Having Manny Bates coming off the bench is going to be huge. Um, we're still not going to have that much depth at the forward position, but we're adding Darian Sebron, who's a six-seven guard mm-hmm. freshman um, from uh, Norfolk, Virginia. He's gonna. Uh, we'll prop. We'll definitely see him play a lot of minutes early on. Um, he's going to be fun to watch. I think even if we get into foul trouble with our big men, our guards are so tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devin Daniels and um, 
CJ Bryce yeah, is 6'5". Yeah, CJ Bryce is 6'5". I think we'll be okay on like perimeter defense. And the other for thing sure. is, Helms provides a lot of defensive versatility as yes. well. He's like 6'7", 6'8", himself, and mm-hmm. we saw a lot of him playing. He's 6'7", yeah. yeah. Especially towards mm-hmm. the end of the season, he was playing like a stretch four and guarding power forwards, you know, three, four, five inches taller than him sometimes. Mm-hmm. And he was holding his own, and of course he has that jump shot, so... Helms is probably going to oh, have yeah. a big year for us as well. I think so too. I want to see Helms start um, at the four position, assuming uh, DJ will start at the five. Um, we are we're also going to have Danny Dixon, uh, a graduate transfer. He's six ten. Um, he's uh, power forward for us. Um, I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. Um, we got a lot of roster versatility this year. I think, mm-hmm. and we're probably still going to play like ten men deep. Yes, which and I like. I love it, mm-hmm. especially with the press. I mean. We have Markell is going to be starting at point guard. Mm-hmm. Devin Daniels, CJ Bryce has to start at the two guard. Braxton Beverly. So Braxton's going to be coming off the bench running honestly. the second unit. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I think I'd and like Helms to see that. And will probably be on that second unit, to be honest, to provide some scoring punch to mm-hmm. them as well. Like, this is going to be a really, really good team. I think, I think it's going to be a fun year. I, I really do. You know what? Actually, now that I I'm think Braxton about it, might start just because of shooting purposes, just to space the floor a little bit, and Devin Daniels might come off the bench. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see, though. I think... I think what we'll see is I don't think Braxton will play point. I think he's going to be a shooting two guard for us because Blake, I think, is going to be running the offense yeah. when he when he's going to run the second unit. And he provides just a huge spark whenever he comes in the game with his defensive energy, his like, uh, athletic ability as well. Mm-hmm. Like we, He had a couple of dunks last year and attempted oh my dunks. Goodness. That, yeah, I think Blake Harris is one of my favorite. He's probably my favorite player on NC State's team just because of the energy he provides. Yeah, it's, it's always a big boost. Mm-hmm. I mean... Markel Johnson and Blake Harris might be two of the best on-ball defenders in the ACC. Yes. And we run a press defense, so it's going to be, again, really exciting to watch. Basketball season is just so awesome. It's the best. And we we should have two really good teams, so hopefully you guys are excited now listening to us if you weren't excited before mm-hmm. talking um, about NC State basketball. Trying to make the tournament this year like we did in Kevin Keats' first season. Of course, we missed last year because barely. we had barely because we really didn't have that great of a non-conference schedule. Although we did beat one of the final four teams, Auburn, yeah. uh, which we play them again this year because it was a home and home. So mm-hmm. we're going uh, to Auburn. Um, of course, we lost in the NIT last year. Um, we're moving on. I wasn't even sad when that happened. The, I know. I was kind of just for, embarrassed. What was it Northern Iowa? Who did we lose to? It wasn't Northern Iowa. It was Lipscomb. Oh, yeah. Well, the kid for Lipscomb went off. Yeah, he went off. He had 43 points. But yeah, so basketball starting soon. Tune into the Packers Life Sports Show, of course, for all the Wait, updates. Don't they have something tomorrow night? Like the yeah, they have like the um, the madness thing. It's going to be in Reynolds. It's like it an is. eight. I don't know the name of it. I I should know the name of it. Let me look. Yeah, so that's going to be tomorrow night at eight. So if you're excited for the men's basketball season, again, you don't have to sit here and be like, who are you more excited for, the men or the women? Both of them are going to be really, really good, and both teams are going to be a lot of fun to watch. So, mm-hmm. actually, opening our season this year um, against. Um, against Georgia Tech in an interesting, like, um, it's because of the ACC network. Um, oh. They're having teams uh, play, like, one or two early ACC games before non-conference starts. So we actually play, um, we play Wake Forest on, I'm not, not Wake Forest, excuse me. We play Georgia Tech on November 5th. Then we play Wake Forest December 7th. And then we really start ACC play January 4th at Clemson. So, January basketball. It's the best. Like, I'm a January baby, and that's the only thing there is to really do in January. I'm a March baby, so you know I'm crazy. March Madness. 
I guess. That's the month for basketball. I don't know. Like, yes, it absolutely yeah, is. It, it is. You're not wrong, but it's <laughs> also it's always like with a tinge of sadness because it's, it's about to end. Yes, I guess so. So it's it's the ultimate, like it's the the final scene. It's the peak. Yes, but it's like the peak. One of my favorite things about basketball season is just basketball. Growing up, watching the Duke Carolina game. Yeah. In January was. The beginning of basketball season. Yeah, I like the one in March though, because it's always yeah, yeah. around my birthday. Yeah, it is. It is always good. I mean, yeah. I grew up liking all the all the North Carolina teams. So yeah, it's mostly mostly once I started coming to state. Surprise, surprise! I stopped liking mm-hmm. UNC. But sometimes when I watch those Tar Heels play, sometimes I think about watching them when I was a kid. And I all right, reminisce. Let's talk some NC State football. Um, we beat Syracuse 16-10 to last Thursday to move to 4-2. and Bailey Hawkman uh, played the whole game in place of Matt McKay, who got benched, threw for 200 yards and a pick. Thayer Thomas threw another touchdown. I think he might be our best quarterback. I think we should just play him at quarterback. I, It literally doesn't seem like that hard of a solution. Either play Leary or play Thayer Thomas. Well, I'll say I watched the second half of this game, and Bailey Hawkman didn't look bad. He certainly looked more competent than Matt McKay did. Yes. And he made a few throws that Matt McKay never would have made. True. So, I don't know. I'd like to see Hawkman get a couple more games. Obviously, I want to hop on the meme of uh, get Free Leary. Free Leary. It's, it's a whole campaign on, on student campus, like yes. on Twitter, everything. All the students want to see De- uh, Devin Leary or Dennis Leary. I forgot what his Devin first name Leary. is. Yeah. We wow. just free Leary. It, that's what's important. Did you see the picture that they got of Leary? Like high fiving a student, like no, I didn't see that actually. I I forgot who tweeted it out, but it's just this like Tom Brady goat isk. We got to be careful because I mean he could transfer. Yeah, you know, there's nothing like to say. Like I don't, I just, I still don't know why we're not playing him. I just yeah, I can see, see what that you too. have in him. You know, they put him in for one possession, he had one completion, and then they took him out again. It makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, I can't really disagree. Like Hawkman had the whole game. I'd yeah. like to see them give Hawkman one more game, and if he doesn't really take off, that's when I would really want to see Leary. I just yeah. was very upset that we let Matt well, we McKay got Bo- play for so long. We got so Boston long. College on Saturday in uh, Boston. That's now is this team a, we should kill. Is this one of the year? So this is not one of the years that Boston College is good on no. defense. No. Well, I mean they're always decent at defense, but they're not a good football team. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll get the win. Let's see. They are currently. Drum roll. They are one, two, three. This is terrible radio. Three and three. (laughs) Three and three. They lost to Kansas by 24 points. Okay, we definitely should win. That's all you're going to get from us. Yeah. On football. If, If Bailey Hockman doesn't throw two touchdowns on Saturday, it's time to bench him. Free Thomas. For Thayer Thomas, yeah. We have transcended Free Leary. We are moving on to Thayer Thomas for QB 2020. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess 2019. But, like, it's for a campaign, it would be 2020, yeah. I guess. Next year. All right. Do you want to take a second song break, or do you want to roll right into NFL and NBA stuff? Uh, let's roll right into it. Let's roll right into it. All right. So we had a game Sunday morning in London against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Our fourth straight win, this time in dominating fashion. Yeah. Seven turnovers from the Buccaneers. Only one from us from special teams. Mm-hmm. So the offense didn't turn over the ball. 
That's they a- also didn't move the ball. Yeah. That's the, one of the only things that concerned me about Sunday is that the game actually ended up being a little bit close because um, we really we took advantage of the turnovers mm-hmm. and we you know didn't miss opportunities as Ron Rivera would say, um, but we had like I think nine drives where we didn't get a first down, um, where we either kicked a field goal or um, or just punted. Nine. Nine. I was only able to watch the second half. One of them was counting the free kick, so I guess eight. Okay. So we had six, Which three, I actually, six three and outs, two field goals, and one free kick. I knew about the free kick rule. I did too, actually. Yeah, I, I was, was proud. Very, I missed that part, and like I was very upset that I missed it because I would have been someone watching the game like, oh, they can do a free kick off the fair catch, guys. Mm-hmm. And he missed it because that, that's why I think that Field goal record's going to be made. I think more teams are going to do that now. Well, I think the only time you would ever do it is if it's the last play of the half. Yeah. So it's a very special situation where a team has to be punting with about like 11 seconds left in but the half. But it honestly happens more It doesn't happen as often as it should because there are so many situations where you're playing the timeout game at the end of the first half about trying to make them punt you the ball. Yeah. There's no reason there. Like Graham Gano hit 70 yarders. Yeah, but if you get it back with 30 seconds at the 50-yard line, you're not going to take a free free kick because then they'll get the ball. You know, so it has to be it has to be the last play of the half or teams are not going to do it. I guess you're right. But Joey Sly has I've seen him put a kickoff through the uprights this year. Yeah, it was I was actually surprised he missed it, which I wasn't mad at him for uh, he is on my fantasy team, so I would have liked him to make it, but at the end of the day. Here's my question. Doesn't matter. The record is 64 for Matt Prater. Yeah. If someone makes the record over that, but it's a free kick and not like a regular kick, would you personally, your own subjective opinion, count that as the NFL record? Matt Prater did it in Denver, right? Um, Yes. So, yeah, I'd count that as the record. So you think that because a Denver kick comes with an asterisk on it? Yep. Because we don't associate well, it yeah, with an exactly. asterisk. Yeah, we exactly. Don't, we don't put an asterisk on the Denver kicks. We can't do it on a free kick either. It's three points, three points. I think two of the four, well, there's been four 63-yarders and then Prater 64. Gano's had the 63-yarder last year for the win. And then the first guy to do 63, Dempsey. Dempsey, yeah. He had half a foot. Yeah. Yeah. He was one of the last kickers to really uh, straight leg kick. Mm -hmm. And that's when kickers were very, very inaccurate. In fact, people talk about how bad kicking is because it's always magnified when they miss. Mm -hmm. But the NFL kickers are more accurate now than they've ever been. NFL kickers They just now, miss extra points because they get in their heads and they yeah. moved it back so far. Yeah, now NFL kickers are just as accurate from 40 to 50 yards as they were from like thirty under 30, mm-hmm. like 20 years ago yeah. in the 70s. Mostly because people have started doing the soccer kick, which is like all you see now in the NFL. Pretty much, yeah. But um, Panthers have a bye this week at 4-2. and two. They got the Niners the week after that. Um, there's a lot of talk about Cam Newton versus Kyle Allen. <sighs> Oh boy! If Cam is healthy, he's the quarterback. I, that's not an argument. I know, and it's unbelievable how many stupid like networks are saying should the Panthers trade Cam Newton? No, they shouldn't trade Cam Newton. I literally clicked on an article because I'm. I guess that's what they wanted. Yeah, I clicked on an article that talked about ten possible landing spots for Cam Newton. Unbelievable! Trading. And surprise, surprise in the article. A anonymous GM said there is would be a robust market for Cam Newton. Of course there would be, because he's good. Like, if that many teams are willing to trade for a player 
and he wants to stay there, you have to keep that player. There's like that's the thing. I'm actually very happy to see all the haters coming out like this. Yeah. Because that's what fueled again, remember I talked about a few weeks ago, yeah. Cam Newton needed to get his swag back. Yes. He needed to get like the haters fuel him. They really do. I think he just needs to get healthy. I yes, think it's that, less about that. That is that I, is a I, huge I, thing. But yeah. he really even when he was healthy the last couple of years, he's not had that same edge that he had back in twenty fifteen. And now everyone's coming out because you couldn't say he was bad after mm-hmm. that season. You can't, as an intelligent, insane adult, cannot yep. say that Cam Newton's not a good player because you couldn't. He couldn't have done what he did if he wasn't good. And so the fact that now people are coming out like, "Yeah, he's done. He's yeah. finished. They should trade him. Go with Kyle Allen, who has played well. Yeah, he hasn't thrown an interception. But oh my, I'm just very happy to see them saying that, even Please. though they're wrong. They're I ridiculous. Have to, I have to agree. Now, um. One guy who's doing well is me in picks. I'm eight and two. Ben's four, five, and one on the season. Um, my upset of the week is Bears over Saints. I think the Bears come off a bye, get a big win. I think Teddy throws a couple picks. Uh, what about you? What's your upset? I'd love to see that happen. My upset is the Ravens and Lamar Jackson upsetting Russell Wilson and Seattle Seahawks. I would also like to see that. It is a very bold pick because Russell Wilson's playing like better than anyone Anybody, in the NFL. Pretty much, yeah. Him, Mahomes, and CMC, but they're playing better. But what's your lock of the week you guarantee? Eagles over Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are done. I don't think they can beat a good team, and I think the Eagles are a good team, despite what they showed uh, on Sunday against the Vikings. (laughs) All I have to say with you picking that as your lock, thank you, John. I do need to catch up, so I appreciate that. I'm going to take the Rams over the one-win Falcons. Again, I said they were going to be trash. They're trash. I'm so happy about it. I don't even care that I was right. That was a bad take that I had. I'm just happy. I don't even care that you were wrong. I am just happy the Falcons are terrible. Oh, I agree. It's It's so perfect. It's funny. All right, let's get the NFL overreactions. We'll do these real fast because we do have to talk NBA before the show ends. Give me one second. I have to find the music. No. Okay. What do you think about the NFL overreactions, John? I think that they're stupid, and that's an overreaction. Okay. I'm literally like five seconds away from pulling up the music. Okay. Wow, you don't have a soundboard on your phone? No, I have a video on my laptop. All right, let's get into it. NFL overreactions. Is this me or you? Who's going? This is me. Okay. CMC is going to win the MVP. He's going to be the first running back to do it since AD. And yes, that rhymed. He did it in 2012. CMC is putting up better numbers than the last three running backs to win MVP did through the first six weeks of the season. That's Sean Alexander, LaDainian Tomlinson, and Adrian Peterson, three of the best running backs of all time. The Browns need to figure it out over the bye week, or they need to break it up. Two and four with a matchup against the Patriots coming out of the bye. They're going to be two and five. They're probably going to fire Freddie Kitchens. They need to trade Baker Mayfield. The Flames. Deshaun Watson is the best quarterback in the league. He proved it on Sunday (laughs) against Patrick Mahomes, beating him in Arrowhead Stadium. Mahomes had no answer for the Texas defense, proving that Watson is better. The NFL actually just hates the Lions. They don't have a refereeing problem. Move on. It's time for the Chargers to move on from Phillip Rivers and trade him before he loses his value. I'd love to see him in Chicago. I'd love to see him in anywhere else. That's just but a the good Los take. Angeles Chargers. It's just a good take. Fair enough. 
If the Chiefs lose tonight against the Broncos, they're not getting a first round bye. The Texans are. That's it. That's all I got. Oh, that was perfect timing. Ready for me to go. I'm ready. Let's do it. I really am uh, not sure if I can really follow up. Those were some of the best overreactions. Thank you. That I've experienced, but that's okay. I don't mind following up. I don't mind being the closer, because let me tell you something. You talked about the referee problem in the NFL. The NFL hates the Lions. I got news for you, John. The Packers are going to change their mascot. They're going to change their mascot. You've heard this before to the Green Bay referees. Getting to do their Lambeau leaps is going to be a tradition over in Wisconsin, along with the cheese heads. (laughs) That's not it, though. Actually... Breaking news, the Green Bay Packers are going to change their logo from that classic G. It's going to be just what John did, the face palm emoji. Get it? Hands to the face. I saved the best for last because many people, when you think about great players, you talk about great ones, but no one talks about the smartest players yes. in the NFL history. Peyton Manning. Tom Brady. How are people that unathletic being that good in the NFL? What about Ryan Fitzpatrick had the top week the score on that test they make him take, the Wonderlakes? I got the f- smartest man to ever play in the NFL, and his name? Brock Osweiler. He retired this past week to the surprise of no one because no one wanted him. This man has a career earnings of $42 million. King. King. 37 touchdowns, 31 interceptions, and a Super Bowl victory. That's how you go out on top, John. NFL overreactions. We hope you enjoyed the Week 6 edition. Tune in next week for the Week 7 edition. We got some NBA to talk about because the regular season starts in six days. I got one question for you, Ben. Yep. Who's the best player in the league? LeBron James. LeBron James. I still right. think he's I think he's gonna have a bounce back year. He does this I agree. No, throughout I, his career. I strongly agree. He's since Kevin Durant is hurt, yeah. LeBron is the best player in the league. I still think he'd be the best anyway. I mean, I don't know. It's gonna be him or Zion for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of Zion, uh, we obviously know who your rookie of the year is. Yes. Um how good do you think Zion is gonna be? Because you had some terrible takes before the show, and I want to argue with you right now. Okay, so here's the thing. You know me. I really hate having popular takes. It just makes me feel like less of a person. So yeah. when I am telling Even when you're you right. Yes. When I am telling you, like I refuse to pick a number one seed to win the NCAA tournament every year when I make a bracket because yeah. that's how much I just despise it. When I tell you that I think Zion Williams is not only gonna win rookie of the year, I think he's gonna be a first team all NBA guy. Ugh. I think he's gonna dominate. And the reason, and we didn't have, we don't have, we're gonna have an NBA overreaction segment too. We're gonna yeah. add that once the season gets rolling. Oh yeah. But Zion has just been incredibly efficient, and he's just dominating right now in preseason. Yeah. I, it's pre-season. going out a little bit yeah, on the limb. When you say first team All NBA, you got to think about who you're putting him over. You got Lillard and Steph as the guards. Replace Lillard with Harden as the guards. Then you got three forwards: Giannis, LeBron. Anthony Davis, is he going to be over one of those? Is he going to be over Kawhi Leonard? He's going to be over one of them. Is he going to be over Jokic? He's going to be over all four of those guys that didn't make the team? I think he's going to get MVP votes. Unbelievable. I think he's going to absolutely dominate. Oh, he will because uh, the voters are kind of stupid, but... He's not going to be that good that this year. But we'll see. He's not even going to be Rookie of the Year. It's going to be my boy John Morant with the Grizzlies. That's your prediction? Absolutely. He's going to average 15 points, 8 assists a game. Have about 30 double-doubles. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm excited. Zion's going to be good. Yeah. John Morant's rookie of the year. We'll see. And that's the cool thing about this right now 
is because not one of us is right right now. It's Ooh. just predictions, and we'll we'll see Fair what enough. happens. Yeah, that's true. I, I I do like Zion. I hope. But um, all right, Ben, who will win the championship, the NBA championship? I don't know. I really don't. Really? I okay. So the thing I is, mean, I want to say is, Lakers. It is I do. the first time in a while where it's really a toss up. Yeah, because. There's only a couple teams in the East that are even contenders, and mm-hmm. that's what the Sixers and Bucks. Yeah, and then there's like six or seven teams in the West. Yes, that could win the NBA championship, and there's like twelve or thirteen teams in the West that should make the playoffs, but only eight spots for them. Yeah, it's actually kind of a shame to see four good teams in the East that deserve the playoffs, and then twelve in the West. They should. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to be the guy that says do away with conferences, but at this point, you kind of have to consider it honestly because. I mean, if you got like Zion and the Pelicans and Luca and the Mavericks missing the playoffs, and they're better than the Pistons, who got the five seed, I, I don't know how you can justify that. Yeah, but, and it's it might happen just because, like you said, not yeah. because there's teams like Utah has been good in the past and barely missed the playoffs. Utah is going to be better than you think this year. They're going to be the four seed in the in the West. But what I'm saying is, no one cared that Utah was good before because there wasn't on Utah we had to watch. When Zion and Luca and Kristaps Porzingis and Russell Westbrook are missing the playoffs in a player-driven league because you have conferences, yeah, that's when you're going to see your TV numbers go down, and that's when the NBA is going to start making changes. That's fair enough. I, I think it probably will happen sooner than we think. Um, I think the Sixers are going to win the championship because I... I mean, I know Ben Simmons had a three in the preseason, and that doesn't really... I mean, he's not the greatest shooter, but I really just think... really. You think so? <laughs> I really think it's going to be the Clippers or the Celtics. I mean, not, not the Celtics, or the Sixers. Yeah, Celtics the, wouldn't make the, the playoffs, Sixers. and they wouldn't sniff the playoffs yeah. in the West. Now, I'm pulling for the Lakers. I, I don't think they can stay healthy. That's the biggest thing. If the Lakers are healthy, they're going to win. I don't think they will be. The Sixers, they just have too much talent. they got too much veteran leadership, mm-hmm. adding Al Horford, uh, Josh Richardson. Um, their starting lineup is all above 6'6", mm-hmm. and they're all ridiculously good defenders. Like, actually, they're so good on defense. Clippers, same thing. Patrick Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Those are probably three of the top five perimeter defenders in the league, all starting on the same team. Defense wins championships. I got to give it to one of those two teams. And the best games we see all year might just be played in the Staples Center. Oh, yes. Between Lakers two, versus Clippers. Yeah. Those it's going to be fun. It's going to be some good TV this year. Oh, yeah. And that's that's what I'm saying with like this they can't league. Ha- they can't have this these league. star players missing, missing playoffs. So Very true. That's when you're going to start to see a change. Mm hmm. All right, guys, that about wraps it up. Thank you so much for listening. Packers Life Sports Show. We're going to be right here back next week at, what, 3 p.m. on Thursdays. That's the new time. That's right. We'll be right back. Thank you uh, so much for listening and tuning in. I'm Benjamin Denton. And I'm John Hinton. Bye, y'all. Hi, this is Christine from Mother.